0: Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18 to the end of the chapter. If you're there, would you all stand as we receive the word? Here's the word. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the Lord of angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name. Jesus. Lord, we come before you as we continue to worship. Though we reflect our hearts against your word. We pray for your spirit to speak through your servant and declare the message that you prepare. And may your people, by the power and help of the spirit, understand and plant the word in their heart and may bear fruit each and every day and for them to walk closely with Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, God with us. Father, we thank you. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, folks, as we pray together, please continue. Continue to pray for these people who are suffering everywhere, especially uh the reason in Kentucky and Arkansas is so devastating. And if you see in the picture, the Amazon, one of the Amazon warehouses uh, was totally wiped out. I mean, you, you don't even see structures. There's nothing, almost. Um, just that facility alone, if I'm not mistaken, nearly 40, 50 people have died. They were in there when it happened, working. Um... So, you know, you can imagine Christmas right around the corner uh, for them to recuperate and just get their lives back. Uh, yet God is sovereign, He is good, and He does not make mistakes. And that is the truth that we need to stand on when we pray for these people to be comforted and strengthened. And uh, may the Lord truly um, just help them to uh, build again. Um, so, continue to pray uh for these people, and, as I mentioned, they're already Christmas is fast approaching uh um, two weeks away, right? Give or take, and I just can't believe myself saying that Christmas is right around the corner. It just doesn't feel real. I don't know about you guys, but it's just every year seems to go faster, quicker, uh it just you know, days are disappearing. For the next two weeks, as we anticipate Christmas, um, as a church, we'll be looking into uh, the meaning of Christmas. What is it for us? What does it mean for us to celebrate Christmas? What does that mean, Christmas? This is just just uh, us Christians gathering together, even non-Christians, have a reason to buy a gift and gather around and celebrate? Wouldn't it be funny? On my birthday, you guys gather somewhere else by yourselves. You know, do a little gift exchange and have a wonderful meal. And I'm not invited. I wasn't aware of it. You know, sometimes we make Christmas to be that. Um, so, um, as Christians, as Jesus followers, the the object of our devotion that truly He is, and for us to celebrate properly, I think we need to remind ourselves. Uh, what Christmas mean uh, means to us, how do we begin? Where do we begin with this um, definition of christmas meaning of Christmas? Um, there are many good places for us to begin, um, but one place that I believe we must begin is by affirming one of the most profound truth about Jesus Christ. the most profound fundamental truth about Who Jesus truly is. And that truth is. Jesus is God. And yet. He is human. That is the truth that we need to. uh, Be reminded of. He is. 100% pure God. And at the same time. He is 100% pure human being. And also. The truth that he is. God with us. Emmanuel church the baby that was born on christmas day is not just a great teacher it's not just a great prophet He's not a uh, just a figment of imagination of these people or some angelic being but the divine god in human flesh and we see that in verse 20 when the angel said to joseph that the baby that is conceived in mary is from where is from whom from the holy spirit What that means is that the human life that was growing inside of Mary has come not from any human being on earth, but from the Heavenly Father. Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. In other words, God was the real Father. He's the Father. And that means Joseph was uh, the Jesus' father only in a secondary sense. Now, the most direct statement of Jesus' divinity, divine identity, is revealed in verse 23. In verse 23, the author, Matthew, is quoting, directly quoting from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Matthew, was a Jew. He's a Jew himself, and he wrote this gospel for the Jews. And he quotes this very well-known prophecy regarding the coming king, the Messiah. And if you are a good Jew, and you have been to synagogues and grown up in the synagogue, and your parent, uh, parents have done their duty, this is piece of prophecy you know very well. And you would wait and anticipate. And this is something that is part of their Jewish culture and tradition. Now, Matthew is speaking to his fellow Jews. And he is reminding them, quoting them, this well-known prophecy. But the truth is, none of them at this point of time thought that it would take in, this prophecy would come to realize In literal fashion. Right? They believed it was predicting the coming. uh, The coming of a great leader. But they didn't anticipate and realize. That uh, this would come true literally. What they were expecting was a great leader through whose work. Figuratively speaking. That God would be present with his people. Not literally. Like Moses like David. But what Matthew was testifying, declaring here to his fellow brothers, is that this prophecy is greater than anyone had imagined. Because the prophecy came true, not figuratively, but literally. It was literally fulfilled. Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, the Messiah, the Chosen One, the Son of God, God with us, This human life that was growing inside of Mary was a miracle performed by God himself. This child was literally God. That is the declaration of truth. And that's where he begins. But at this time, the Hebrew tradition and culture could not summon such a blasphemous, outrageous idea. They just can't. They cannot fathom the idea that a human being can be a God. It was blasphemy. Why? Because they have this fear of God. They have this reverence to God. So for them to even think about, uh, it's just blasphemy. Can anyone become a God? Can anyone, any uh, God can be dwell in full divinity in a human being? That's just utter blasphemy. In Jewish culture, they don't even utter the name of God. So you can see that in the Gospel of Matthew, unlike Gospel of Mark, Mark is not a Jew. So when he says kingdom of God, he would use that phrase as it is kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God in the Gospel of Mark. But in Matthew, you're not going to find that phrase. Instead, what you would see is kingdom of heaven. Why? Because of that reverence, that fear. I am not worthy to utter this holy God's name. And then his,
1: here is Jesus. I am not. I am his
0: son. That is utter blasphemy. You see, this is the reason why they, they didn't even try to understand, try to hear and accept, the, accept Jesus. They couldn't, they wouldn't, because they can't understand him. You know what we don't, things we don't understand, we hate it. We don't like it. If you can grasp it, no matter how convenient and comfortable it might be, we don't use it. We shy away from it. That's exactly what the Jews did. That's what they did. They hated him to the point of death. Because for a simple truth, no human could be God. But all throughout the gospel, all throughout his ministry, Jesus proclaimed to the world that he was not just a prophet. He was not just a great teacher. But through his own life and through his teaching, through his death and resurrection, what he did was he proclaimed to the world that he was God himself. And he came to be with his people. He came to save his people. Throughout his ministry, Jesus was constantly forgiving sin. Instead of uh, you are healed, instead of you are well, what would Jesus say? You're forgiven, my brother. My son, my daughter, you are forgiven. And Pharisee would be livid. Why? Because only God can forgive sin. But why would Jesus do that purposely? To arc up these people? No, to declare who he is. To to tell the world who he truly is. Jesus also said he's going to come back to judge the earth. Who is he? You're a son of a carpenter. Who are you? What authority do you have to judge the world? I'll be back not in the terminator sense, but I will be back to judge the world because only God can. Jesus also claimed to have mutual, equal uh, knowledge, understanding with God the Father. How can he? Unless he is God. And at many times he even said directly, I
1: am God. And for those who believe, they
0: came to worship him. You see, the baby that was born on Christmas Day is not a half human and half God. He's not a person that turns it on when he needs to as to be God and turns it off. He didn't live in disguise or wear a mask like some superhero. He was God at all time. He was God. Jesus is Christ. He is the incarnate Son of God. Now, many of you know this truth. Most of you here in this room may not uh, um, have difficulty believing even in this truth, this doctrine, important doctrine at that. But even if you know and believe in this doctrine of incarnation, God becoming a human Have you really thought about the implication of incarnation? What does that mean? What did that do for you? If Jesus really is God, what does that mean for you in day to day, realistic sense? That's something that we want, uh, I want us to think about. The greatest miracle in all Christianity is not Jesus turning water into wine. The greatest miracle, the supreme miracle that he performed certainly is not walking on the water or raising the dead uh, in uh, Lazarus. It's nothing like his death and resurrection, yet it is not the greatest miracle in Christianity. The greatest miracle in Christianity is incarnation.
1: God becoming human. The beginningless,
0: this omnipotent God, this God of the universe, the Lord of all things, took on a human nature, human flesh, without losing his deity, his divine power, so that Jesus, the son of Joseph of Nazareth, with both divine, fully divine, and fully human, so that he could accomplish no man can accomplish. Incarnation is the
1: greatest miracle. God became man. The Almighty God appeared on the earth as a helpless
0: babe, unable to do more than just lie there, wiggle, stare, and make noises, needing to be fed, needing to be changed, and taught to walk, talk, to talk, just like any child. Son of God, being a baby was a reality. You see, God is a just God. God is God of order, the process. And he went through Jesus as a human being. He did not just appear one day and, and be Jesus, being the Messiah. He went through every step of the way for 33 years to the point of death until that day. This is the truth of incarnation. And he did this to be with his people. He did this to accomplish no one, no man can accomplish. He didn't cheat. He started and began his life as a baby. He began his life conceived by the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb.
1: Now, folks, do you believe in the incarnation? Do
0: you believe in this truth? I believe that there can be only two responses regarding this truth. If you believe, then you believe. And you can. There is no other gray area. If you don't, you don't. Either Jesus is God or he isn't. No other response makes sense. It's either yes or no. And if he is who he said he is, then what do we have to do as Christians? If he is God and he became man, lived a perfect sinless life to die on the cross, To save you from certain death. For the wages of sin is death. What do we have to do if that is true? That is truly who he is. Then we got to center our lives in Jesus Christ. Our lives has to be centered upon what we know to be true. What we believe to be true. What so many others have done in the Bible and also in Christian history. If you believe, but if you don't, if you can fathom, and if you don't believe he is who he says he is, if you can't believe what the Bible proclaimed him to be, then just like the Jews and just like the Pharisees, he is someone you need to hate. And you walk away from. Brothers and sisters, in this season of Christmas, the incarnation, if that is true for you. In other words, if you believe, without a doubt, that God has become human, then Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son of God, must be in the center of your life. If you believe that God in Jesus died for you to remove your sin, the consequence, the punishment, away from you, then he must be the Lord of your life. As we talked about during the revival, have you been born again? Have you been born again? Are you in Jesus Christ? Have you experienced a life-altering crisis that gave you a brand new life and brand new purpose in your life? Has he revolutionized your life? Are there lasting changes?
1: Are we bearing fruit?
0: Folks, if you do do not know how to answer these questions, perhaps it is because you have not really grasped the meaning of Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is with you. And that was the purpose of his incarnation,
1: to be with you. But on the other hand,
0: if you do believe and He is the center of your life and you in Him and He is with you, this truth of incarnation gives us not only assurance but great hope. It means that our world is not all there is. This is not everything. There is life after death. There is eternity. Evil and suffering of this world, like we talked about, this natural disasters, or just meaningless uh, um, loss of life—all of these evil and suffering will end one day. And despite and in spite of our all our unending failures, it means you and I, through the doctrine, through the uh, truth of incarnation, tells us that you and I have a great hope. Why? Because God has come down to us to be with us. The infinitely holy God, this holy God could not shrug off your sin and just just say, oh, okay, let's say it never happened. He wouldn't do that because he is holy and just. Our sin had to be dealt with. It had to be paid. But this infinitely loving God also knew that we cannot come up with the payment unless we pay with our lives. So he had to come down to us. He had to come and live that sinless, perfect life, and die in our place so that we could, uh, he could do what we couldn't for him to save his people from their sin. That is why he came down. This is why you and I have a great hope as we live in this world. And it gives you not only great hope, but also great comfort. Incarnation means that God in Jesus Christ has suffered as he lived his life on earth. But because he himself has suffered, he now has a power to comfort. This is what separates our God from the God of any other faith. There is no other God like our God who has suffered but also conquered. I mean, think about this. Have we been betrayed, rejected? Have you ever been lonely, misunderstood? Have you been poor? Have you been discouraged and scarred? Have you faced death?
1: Because he had. Jesus has, our
0: God, our incarnate God has. Some of you might say, you don't understand. I pray to God so many times. I ask for him and for the things and for the direction. And God did not answer me. God, ignore me. I felt like he ignored me. But in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus cried out to his own father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Lord, would you take this cup away from me? Would you spare me from dying on the cross? What happened to that prayer? He was turned down. Jesus knows the pain of unanswered prayer. Some of you even might say, "I I feel like God has abandoned me. But do you know what Jesus said on the cross?
1: My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? Jesus knows
0: what you are going through. And he knows how you feel. When everyone around you fail to understand what you are going through, when no one can sympathize, no one can empathize with you, he can because the simple truth of incarnation. He became men. He lived this life for 33 years and he knows and experienced everything there is to the extreme. He has been there. All the places you have been and you will ever be. All the heartaches and difficulties he knows. And that is why he can truly
1: comfort you. So in this Christmas season, would you turn to Jesus and trust him, the incarnate God, the son of man, Emmanuel? Can we rely on him?
0: Can we follow him? Because he knows where to go, how to do, and has the power to comfort and strength and carry you through. To navigate you in this difficult time. Here on earth. Folks Christmas means that Jesus. Is God with us. He came down to be with us. He did not just come to. Merely save us and let us know that he exists. He came down to be with us.
1: Are we with him? If Jesus
0: is Emmanuel. He came to be with you. What is our response in this Christmas season? Are we with him? Are we doing our part to be with him? He did all that he could to be with you and remove any obstacle for him
1: to dwell in you. Do you know him? Are you really with him? Or do you know about him? There's a difference. Many of us know who Jesus is.
0: Many of us profess to know who Jesus is. Some of us will acknowledge incarnation, virgin birth, and all of these things you have no trouble believing.
1: But what does that to you?
0: If you are not with him when he came to be with you. So in, in this Christmas season, as we anticipate and, and long for to receive
1: our Lord once again, I encourage you
0: to know the simple truth. Our God moved heaven and earth and sent this one and only Son to be with you. To continue to dwell in you. For us to be new and have this, enjoy this new life in Jesus Christ. Incarnation. God with us. With you. The greatest miracle.
1: The creator of all things. Would like to be
0: in you, with you at all times. Let that be a great hope and great comfort for you. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We can't fathom how it was possible. Uh, we don't know how exactly everything was done. But Lord, you created us and you created all things to be by just simply with your word. If anyone can have a woman can see by your spirit You can, Lord. We believe. And if we believe Jesus is Christ, he is the chosen, prophesied Messiah for your own people to know you, to be loved by you, to call you their God, and for you to be our God. Father, I pray that you would continue to remind us what it means to have jesus christ in our lives not a figment of imagination not some sort of experience that we had but real being in the word in the flesh in our lives speaking and leading and guiding us assuring us and comforting us and strengthening us every day every moment of our lives so lord If we have been away, distant, and quite honestly, we don't know how to be close, to be with someone like Jesus. But will you help us to be, um, understand and be with you and tell us and show us that you are real in, in every day of our lives. Help us to experience and feel you. As we pray, as we meditate in your word, put our faith in who you are. Father, I pray that you would uh, continue to bless your people as they go back to their workplace, to their home, to their school. I pray that you would be gracious to them, overwhelm them, surround them with your presence. And may you be with people who are absent today uh, for health reasons and various other reasons. Lord. Speak to their heart, and Lord, be the Lord in their lives. Father, we thank you so much. Pray all this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.